Attention culture consumers. Join me, the queen of queries, Sarah O'Connor, and my band of nerdy knights. Colleen McMillan. Flo Siegel. And Anders Drew. On Bohemian Geek Studies, where we take extremely dorky dives into our favorite fandoms, especially that Star Wars galaxy far, far away. Listen each week as we examine the stories that mean so much to us. Bohemian Geek Studies is available wherever you get your podcasts and is proudly part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hello there. I'm Colleen. I'm Anders. And I'm Daniel. Uh, So we're nerds who love science fiction and fantasy stories. Of course, we love Star Wars as well. And if there's one thing the internet definitely doesn't have enough of, it's nerds like us talking about Star Wars. So each episode, we journey to a galaxy far, far away to discuss what's new in the Star Wars canon and beyond. This is yet another Star Wars podcast. This week, we are headed through the eye on Aldani to discuss the sixth episode of Andor, titled The Eye. This episode was written by Dan Gilroy, directed by Susanna White. Be warned, we're doing spoilers here for this episode, all of Andor, all things Star Wars. So, you guys, you ready to put on your Imperial best and trade some furs? I mean, as long as I get to stay and watch the light show. Like, oh, I was ready to take some celebratory drinks with the Donnie. All right, then let's punch it with an episode recap. So it's the eve of the heist. Cassian and Nemec are discussing Nemec's ideals and Cassian's pragmatism. Nemec is anxious and doesn't understand how Cassian's able to remain so calm throughout all of this, but he's ultimately comforted by Cassian's mere presence. On the base, Commandant Behaz is briefing his colleagues on how they've manipulated the Donnie people with the illusion of choice. Taverns and shelters along their pilgrimage route have, according to Gorn, reduced the number of migrants over the years from over 15,000 to just 60. And this is going to be the last time they're going to be allowed into this sacred valley. Later, Gorn assures Behaz that he has 30 additional sentries from the nearby Alkenzi Air Base which will help everything run smoothly because this has got to go perfect. <laughs> yes, the, the trading of the skin has to go perfect. <laughs> I want that ringing in your ears. God, he's the worst. So Terramin gets in touch with Vel as Skeen tells Cassian that Terramin is a former stormtrooper and uh, should have been there when Senta found out because her whole family was killed by stormtroopers. That would have been a rough conversation. As the pilgrims start to arrive, the rebels change into their imperial uniforms and they pose as the welcoming committee. Meanwhile, Behaz is attempting to squeeze himself into his uniform and forces his wife to dress his son in his imperial best for the occasion. Just, no. <laughs> he had uh, the right idea. I'm not wearing that. Yeah. <laughs> he wanted to bail and uh, the wife was like, hmm, are you sure this, uh, are you sure this compressed or did you expand, buddy? So while the rebels arrive at the ceremony, Vel and Senta use the water to sneak into the base and install a comm jammer on the communication system. That was so tense. You can just watch her sprinting in the background. The guys on the comms talking. I was like, don't turn, don't turn, don't turn. So amazing tension there. The ceremony starts with with Behaz and the pilgrim leader exchanging the furs. So Terramin makes contact with Vel, who finally gives the go-ahead. Ceremony ends. The Commandant, his family, and the Rebels all go back to the base. Mm-hmm. Ooh, and this is when things get interesting. Once oh, yeah. inside, the Rebels seal the doors and take the entire family hostage. They link up mm-hmm. with Vel and Cinta in the control room, where Cinta stays behind to hold the hostages, and the rest of the crew take Bihaz down to the vault. While he protests, he ultimately cooperates, even though he really doesn't know how to take the restraints off. They just happen to have explosives. He tells several officers in the vault room to lay down their arms and go along with the rebels, which is probably what I'd do, too, if they were going to shoot me. They already shot one guy. They could probably shoot me, too. They all begin to load up the loot, which is really, really interesting Mm -hmm. looking like how they have everything in there in those canisters yeah that they they look like the imperial sigil and yeah exactly and it was it reminded me a lot of rebels like whenever they're moving shit in rebels it was like (laughs) where are the lips like come on guys where's the melee run yeah exactly where the melee run (laughs) meanwhile officer kimsey the only effective imperial officer that we have ever seen in our entire lives notices Mm -hmm. the communications are down 
And while troubleshooting, he overhears the Rebels' radio frequency, which is not great, Bob. He takes the team down to the vault where Gorn attempts to talk things over, but Bihaz, of course, has a heart attack and collapses. <laughs> I think this is the first death by heart attack in Star Wars, everyone. Teen After minutes this, of manual labor, and he yeah. falls over from a heart attack. Like, yeah, that's a lot of God. saturated fats. This guy, his heart must be just like full of cholesterol buildup in his in all the arteries. Oh. So when he collapses, a firefight ensues because, of course, it does. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't. I had to rewatch. Did Skeen shoot first? I believe he does he because the Kimsey the Imperials first. like raise their weapons, and so he just is quick on the draw. Yeah, I think that might be important for later. I was like, yeah, mm. <laughs> Skeen shoots first. So Gorn and Tamron are both shot and killed. Nemec saves Cassian's life because he's the best boy, and Cassian is able to get to the sh- get the shuttle started. Unfortunately, the credits weren't properly secured and the cart smashes into Nemec. I, I gasped audibly. I, did too. I, I, I 100% did too. Oh, I was like, no, this cannot be the way this poor kid goes out. <laughs> but it's I usually... pulled an Obi-Wan in episode one. Like, no, no, <laughs> you're no. the chosen one. <laughs> I was not happy, everyone. Mm-hmm. Val gives him a med shot, though, kind of like a stim to keep him alert and he guides Cassian through the eye which the pursuing TIE fighters are not able to navigate another very rebelsy kind of situation going on mm-hmm. the TIE fighters are destroyed and then we can see Cinta exit the base in her imperial uniform like a boss <laughs> I was like girl work it get out there so the rebels take Nemec to a doctor oh, yeah. uh, but he's ultimately unable to save the boy while he's being operated on, Skeen reveals to Cassian that his story about his brother is a total piece of bullshit. Mm. <laughs> he has lied about the entire thing. I don't know about you guys. In this moment, I, I kept thinking, like, is this a test? Is he like that's what I thought too. Is he testing Cassian? Testing Which Cassian. if he was testing Cassian, um, what happens Oops. next is really not good. <laughs> he offers to split the loot with Cassian, saying he's just here for the money, they can take all of it themselves. And Cassian shoots and kills him on the spot. Yep. <laughs> no hesitation. No nothing. Pulls out the pistol and shoots him. Yeah. Cassian then holds Vel and the doctor host- at gunpoint, but he just wants the cut that Luthen promised him. Mm-hmm. And then he's on his way. He's, he has no interest in no. sticking around and getting anyone in into any more trouble. He wants mm-hmm. his money. He's going to go. Vel also gives him Nemec's manifesto as it was the boy's dying wish that he have it. Cassian takes it and gives Vel Luthen's kyber crystal back, mm. saying to give it back to give it back to their mutual friend. And Vel's like, yeah. "Word, all right, you seem all right. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna like, get a really good Yelp review for me. <laughs> you know, probably like four stars. There was there was room for improvement, but overall, good experience." Mm-hmm. Uh, so we end with several characters hearing the news about the theft on Aldani. Uh, Daedra is called into a full ISB meeting that Major Partagaz says will last a while. Tell your family we're all staying. Uh, he wants every planetary retaliation plan ready by midnight to be presented. So ominous. <laughs> that is definitely an ominous turn of phrase there. Uh, and then we see a mostly empty Senate uh, room, which is sad to see and mon mothma is speaking about the gorman situation again one of the few people that seems to care and none of the attendees are paying attention they're all staring at their tablets and news broadcast so mon mothma finally checks herself and realizes and then finally we get luthan hearing about it from a customer i think he just about like clenched up harder than anyone in the world right then that moment mm-hmm. the customer's like hey you got anything from old what what are you talking about Aldani and then oh yeah there's a big rebel attack uh and then he's like oh yeah I think I might have something in the back and then he is feeling himself back there he's laughing (laughs) he's stretching out he's like look at life let's go (laughs) that was hilarious (laughs) and then episode's over a happy way to end a very sad episode Mm mm-hmm Yes, seeing all those different viewpoints of the news was really cool. 
I liked yeah. how they ended it that way, being like, first, you spend basically the entire episode with the Rebel crew, and then you choose to end on the reactions of people. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, finally, the ISB is going to do something about this. About time someone listened to, uh, to Agent Miro. Mm-hmm. Do you think that if officers weren't killed, that it would have gotten as much news? Or is it just like because they took so much money? I think it's a combination of they took so much money, plus they killed an engineer from Coruscant. Like mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. killed someone major yeah. as well. Yeah. Important. When it comes to how much they took, because I mean, the Empire is not exactly want for cash. It right. actually, I kept thinking about there's like a th- there's like a almost throwaway line in uh, the series Firefly, uh, where they pull off a heist from a government hospital, and they're like, it's a government funded hospital. We could take all of their medicines, and they'd be restocked within an hour. Right. And I kept I kept thinking that this was like kind of one of those types of situations where it's not unnoticeable, but the Empire is not exactly going to sweat this from a financial perspective. <laughs> no, it's more like... It might not hurt them from a financial perspective. Right. But, but an image. I mean, yeah, it's yeah, more of an image. Behind of it. It. Yeah. Whew. All right. Whew. Yay, I've got the shivers now. <laughs> Just talking yeah. about this episode. We're going to head into our overall reactions. We've already started talking about it a little bit. I just was wowed by this entire episode. This was incredible. I haven't seen a good episode of TV like this in a long time. It was tense. It was atmospheric, beautifully shot. It's like Scotland, my home. <laughs> I love Scotland so much. I think the actors all really nailed their roles, especially Ebon as Skeen, scumbag, and Alex Lothar as Nemec, precious baby boy. I'm very sad that he died, even though I knew he was going to. I wasn't expecting Valencinta to live, though, which was very, very cool. It was like, obviously, Cassian lives. We know that. But then Vel's with the doctor and Cassian at the end. Sinto walks free from the base in her impaler uniform. They could still die later, of course. But I like that not only did the two female characters escape, which is very uncommon, but they're also in a relationship. So two gay characters also survived. <laughs> like, whoo! They didn't kill their gays. They did not. They did not dispose of their gay characters. I was very glad about that. I'm glad we got to spend time with these rebels because Nemec's death did hit hard and mm-hmm. Skeen's betrayal did too even though I was like eh, he's kind of scummy something is going to happen <laughs> with him but damn damn Skeen really read Cassian wrong too oh yeah whereas Nemec yeah. read him correctly which is also interesting because I think mm-hmm. Nemec trusts too easily and Skeen doesn't trust at all so mm-hmm. it's a good mm-hmm. little counterpoint there also, just have to shout out to the composer, Nicholas Bertel. Holy shit. Incredible score. The sound mixing was amazing. It just added to the tension. Overall, just fantastic. Loved this episode. I can't wait for the next arc. Yeah, really excited for what comes next. Um, I think I spent about half of this episode holding my breath. That is how tense <laughs> it was <laughs> the entire freaking time. I was riveted. It was so thrilling. Everything was just nice edge. Uh, I think that this was a really great culmination of this heist arc. And it took a lot of turns I wasn't expecting. Uh, I like, this is something I think we're starting to see a little bit more. It's becoming a little bit more common now uh, that these TV writers, producers, they're not as afraid to focus in on one of multiple stories in an episode and say no we have to spend all of our time here like we know Cyril's still there but we don't actually have to check in with him right like Rings of Power did this with the finale where they just didn't check in with a couple of the main characters House of the Dragon did that this week big time (laughs) (laughs) did not leave the Red Keep yep folks if you haven't seen it yet (laughs) uh the idea that the rebels the two rebels we spent more time with than any others would be the ones to be taken out not in the shootout but one due to an accident and one due to his own arrogance later on was Mm -hmm. just brilliant i thought it was absolutely done perfect and then the visuals of the eye oh absolutely gorgeous the chase through it was really unlike anything we've really seen in star wars live action before 
kind of the closest thing might be the Kessel Run, and this I think looks a hell of a lot better than the Kessel Run did. <laughs> More, it was simpler, which I think really helped it. Like mm-hmm. it was simple, it was punchy, it was horrifying because poor Nemec was like shot up on a stem, and that's the only reason he was talking. <laughs> yep. Uh, I loved uh, Nick Blood as the one, uh, the one competent communications officer. Obviously, an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. graduate would be a good officer in the Empire. <laughs> Other big thing was the dynamic between the Donny natives and the Imperials was awesome. <laughs> totally thought that that, uh, that, that chieftain, I, every time he came on screen, I thought he was Brian Cranston. And then I'd be like, oh, no, yes. that's not. <laughs> it looks like him. And like, Does look oh, like him. the Donny chieftain is the one who knocks. Okay, watch out. <laughs> <Tell him> that. <laughs> yeah. My one criticism, though, is I literally wanted... Just another few seconds to tie up Senta. We see her walk out in her uniform, but is she joining the Imperials in the crowd? Does she change into a Donny migrant uniform? Does she just kind of walk off to the side and like go hide somewhere? Like, does Vel reach out to see that she's okay? Just some, or does she end up getting caught? Like, something to tie that up just a little bit better mm-hmm. is like my one criticism from this episode. She Kaiser Sose'd her way out of there. Like, <laughs> like just kept walking. Also, what happened to those I mean, hostages? That also, that Daniel be... has a question about that later. <laughs> Wait, what's, what's up? Daniel has a question about the hostages later. Oh, yeah. Do we want to talk about that now or later on? We can. We can talk yeah, about let's do it, it now. now. <laughs> okay. When she comes out of the base, I saw other people mention online it looks like she's crying. So I went back and looked. It does look like she's got some tears in her eyes as she's walking out in the Imperial uniform. Do we think she killed the hostages? Because if she leaves them alive, that is a loose end that she can be identified when she tries to sneak off into the crowd. And Val, too. And anybody else who survives the heist. Yeah. I... I think she might have because we're seeing like the dark side of the rebels. I mean, the, the commander that they killed, like the uh, Coruscant engineer was holding them up, demanding that they let go of the boy. Yeah. He was demanding the child be let free and then Senta shoots him in the face, cold blood. I mean, they said she's kind of the most, uh, like she's the hardest one there like i'm afraid she did it now that you mentioned the crying thing i'm very sure now that she did i'm very sure which is disturbing i'm very sure that she did it but i also i never want confirmation one way or the other never i don't need that yeah i would prefer it to be kept vague (laughs) i i would prefer it's vague Mm -hmm. um i do kind of hope that her and vel aren't out of the story though yeah, I want to check back I, in. I hope that they like they they check in. They tell us what happens with Senta. I hope Vel and Luthen link back up at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, to tie up this arc, amazing. Like Andrew said, pure tension. Like this is an exercise in pure tension. Mm-hmm. I was just ooh the whole time. I was sh- like I was clenched. I was just shaking a little bit. And the reason I was having such a reaction is because we spent the time with those characters. Like, I'm so happy that the last two episodes were set up the way they were because I wouldn't have cared so much because we go in knowing Cassian's going to survive. Mm-hmm. And you're like, all right, here's some red shirts. But instead, I cared about Nimic. I knew that there were those death flags all the way. And I was like, maybe, maybe, maybe he's on the transport. And then, you know they do my boy dirty like that that was <laughs> that was so sad the thing that he was fighting so hard to get to fund the cause he believes in is what kills him like that's so sad i just it was it was so well done the acting was on point shout out to the directors and the writers like they are doing a hell of a job with this uh and the deaths were brutal they don't really linger on like Gorn gets shot and you have to make sure you're paying attention. Yeah. We had- I had to watch it again. Me too. Yeah. We're like, did he, Oh my God, he did just get shot and they just have to keep moving on. And then Terraman gets shot because maybe someone's not providing mm. uh, as good a cover fire as he should have. Yeah. Uh, Sus. And then 
I, I have to say with um, with Skeen, I was 50-50 on whether or not it was a test up until the point where he said, I don't have a brother. Just the way he said that, so matter of like matter of fact, dead-eyed. I was like, oh no, he's he's for real about this. I was glad Cassian put him down. Because you can't say no to that. If you say no to that, then you've just like put a target on your head and who knows when he's gonna like make his move. And if you say yes, he's gonna kill you. Right. Mm -hmm. He's gonna try one way or another. Mm -hmm. Um I like that we're seeing like we're seeing the rougher parts of Cassian right now. And I'm so excited to see what happens once he reads that manifesto. (laughs) Oh, it's gonna be so good. (laughs) Oh, it's gonna it's gonna hurt me though. Yes. It's definitely the idealism and sweetness I'm that's sure that are in that manifesto are just going to be like Cassian's like no <laughs> Poor baby boy. I shouldn't have read this <laughs> okay I think we're ready to head into our homages easter eggs mm-hmm. and connection callbacks section not a lot this episode nope it was it, I mean it was kind of like a callback connection homage to any heist film tv event that has ever happened but there there are basics that go with that trope and I think they covered them really interestingly especially with the heart attack being the reason that their cover is blown <laughs> like that's just oh, great man. oh okay I'll get us started with the episode title which is the eye I liked this just because not only is it the eye the eye of Aldani it's also about the entire episode which is about misdirection Like, where should your eye be? Where should your attention be? What should you be looking at? Especially the Imperials. What should you be looking at? Not the eye. (laughs) Certainly not the eye. Um, They just didn't have their eye on the ball, pun intended. Instead, watching the celestial event or getting taken hostage while playing cards. Like, real fast. They they folded. Another pun. Yay. (laughs) Really, really fast. And then the Rebels, of course, too. They also misjudged that there could be one imperial who was good at their job which there was and one person can ruin your entire plan and the corporal did that like who was supposed to be watching whom here everybody is supposed to be watching someone and nobody was doing their job complacency is what let the rebels inside and it will continue to work as we've seen on rebels and in further star wars stuff the complacency not looking where you're supposed to be looking which i really liked symbolism i love symbolism guys (laughs) so we also get another former stormtrooper so just like finn and Jana before him in the movie release order but you know timeline it gets messy but we all know what we're talking about um yeah so terraman's a former stormtrooper uh i have to imagine that if he's defected to the rebel cause and he's willing to camp there for six months just to do this, he's got a definite grudge against the empire. He's, he's probably seen some horrible things and mm-hmm. I, wish, I wish he hadn't died so quickly. I wanted to know more about him, especially okay. after finding out he used to be a stormtrooper. but sadly that's the cost of war. That was, that was rough. Oh, I did not like it when he got shot. <laughs> Me either. I knew it was coming. I'm like, fucking skiing. Oh yeah. Yeah. Skiing. Mm. Talk about him later. <laughs> Next up we have uh, familiar call signs. So just like several rebel spies in the future will reuse the codename Fulcrum in the coming years, the rebellion also has an affinity for the name Echo. Uh, this is the call sign for the rebels that are just as the that are infiltrating the base. And it will also be the name of the base on Hoth and Empire Strikes Back. Oh, so we also get the Empire again not recognizing the water as a threat. So nobody Obi-Wan, can swim in Kenobi, water. Yeah, Obi Wan Kenobi, Cal Kestis both get into Fortress Inquisitorius that way. Vel and Senta use that sick little water scooter to get across the lake and sneak into the Imperial base that way. And then Anders, this is. Uh, do you want to talk about this water infiltration? I just, I just always, anytime I see something like this, especially with those water scooters, it reminds me of the infiltration scene from The Rock, <laughs> the uh, the Sean Connery movie. 
Connery, that's this a Nick is Cage. Yet another Nicholas Cage. No, you've Sean not Con- seen The Rock. Sean Connery and Nicholas Cage break into Alcatraz because who is it? Reasons. Ed Harris is in. There. It is Ed Harris. Okay, because Ed Harris stole biological weapons and is going to shoot them at San Francisco. Yep. Okay, that does sound sick. I do love Ed Harris. <laughs> It's a wild movie. <laughs> it's awesome. It's I'll part. It's part of the Nicholas Cage. Blow, I'll take it or leave it. It's part of the um, let's blow something off up and have Nicholas Cage fly through the air trilogy. Yeah, right around that okay. era of that Con Air and Face Off. Okay, I have seen Con Air. Yeah, you've seen Con Air, but you ha- have you not seen Face Off? No, you've seen the Face. worst one. <laughs> I know because it was on TV and my dad was watching it. Okay, Put next the bunny on your list. Back in the box. Yes. <laughs> the bunny. <laughs> I mean, let Connor is also a classic, but Face Off and The Rock are much better. <laughs> they are. Okay, moving on from our Nicolas Cage infatuation, we have the Donny. These are the indigenous people of El Donny. They reminded me a little bit of the Sami people of Norway. I will be hey, watching cool. me too. Klaus again very soon. And they're like kind of regalia and they're the way that they were with each other and talking to each other and that they're basically looked down upon by the civilized civilized imperials reminded me a lot of the Sami. Our friend John also noted that since Aldani is Scotland, pretty much the Highlands, the Downey are a lot like the Highland people in Scotland who were exploited and abused by the English and other Scottish landowners. So the gentry basically. From 1750 to 1860, the Highland clearances took place. And this is where numerous Highland tenants were evicted from their land because Mm. like their Lord wanted to make more money. So they took their land. Yep. Super fun. Yay, Yay. empires. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Next up, we have a new character that Doctor is different, but also kind of familiar. Mm -hmm. So the Doctor, whose name for real is Dr. Quadpaw. Amazing. I love him. <laughs> yeah. The doctor that tries to save Nemec has face and eyes that really look like they could have come from Mas Kanata, mm-hmm. uh, and arms that look like kind of like an oversized Babu Frick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the goggles he's wearing also kind of reminded me of Ochi, who's the uh, devout Sith follower who had the dagger in Rise of Skywalker. Yep. And then on his head, he has the same cybernetic implants that we've seen on Loba in Empire Strikes Back, Zebo and Rebels, and imagine that would that would be useful in medicine, like mm-hmm. just to kind of like think fast, but you're not like processing, you're not pr- crunching numbers when you're doing that. So I'm not really sure why he has those. Uh, he could also be part Ardenian, uh, like Rio from the Solo movie. Mm-hmm. So a oh, really? lot of really familiar looks on him, but he is officially something new. Yep. Yep. Whatever he is, he's amazing. As soon as I saw his name was Dr. Quadpaw, Quad-Paw. I was like, yeah, <laughs> new favorite character. Love him. He needs his own comic. <laughs> yeah, like give me more. Give me the Dr. Quadpaw like uh black series action figure. <laughs> Let's go. Uh but on a more serious note, we go mm-hmm. back to the Senate, and unfortunately. No one's paying attention about the Gorman. Uh, Mon Mothma is there again, making an impassioned speech about their shipping lanes, trying to get back to, you know, like the first thing she was, she was talking to her husband about. Like, this is an ongoing thing with her. And I'm glad that we're following that through considering where it leads to and, and what its relevance is in her, in her future. It is nice to be back in the Senate. You know, the last time we were there in the, in the movies Fortunately, it was when Palpatine founded the Empire. Um, place was packed and people were cheering and uh, not a good time then. And this time, you know, there's only like one or two people in the pods, if any at all. I'll, like It is really empty. Um, and it's just sad. No one's listening to like this prestigious of a senator's speech. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And also looks like they've replaced uh, the ones that Palpatine and Yoda were hurling at each other. So, you know, you'd hope they'd replace it over the years, but at the same time, you know, they're <laughs> cheap. They're like, ah, terrible. Who, who's coming terrible. to the Senate anyway? <laughs> Thank you. It was very Back good. Back into our pod about Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> also, real quick, mm-hmm. I will plug our, <laughs> our uh, 
episode nine one because as soon as i heard ochi i was like oh i'm gonna i'm gonna blank out the next 10 seconds so i don't even think about that movie the other thing i noticed about this scene though in the senate like i remember the the shot of from mon mothma's back where she's like walking out into her pod like to give her speech that was in the trailer Mm-hmm. And it's in, it's got that like kind of like epic score behind it. So you were really set up to think about her like getting up there, giving this impassioned speech and like starting to inspire the people. And it's just it's an empty room and no one's listening. But she's still maybe, doing her job. <laughs> yeah. Maybe in the future we might see a better Senate speech from her. Who knows? Hopefully. We certainly do see one in Rebels. <laughs> exactly fingers crossed we get one like that okay so they wanted to make us cry with this one which i did let's be fair the last word that nemec speaks to cassian during their escape is quote climb unquote Uh, during the events of rogue one this will also be the last thing that k2so says to cassian and Jin before he also dies (laughs) hate this it's just rude it's really rude why did we need to remind me that k2so goes out in such oh i love him all right speaking of dying in gunfire uh... wow <laughs> what segue i love it Cassian is not afraid to shoot first. So when Cassian kills Skeen, he does so without hesitation. This is a trait he'll carry right into the opening of Rogue One. Uh, Eventually, he'll start to hesitate as he'll be very impassionately point out to Jin that he doesn't pull that trigger. Uh, But it's also probably a nod to the whole Han shot first debate. (laughs) Let's not not litigate Han shot first. (laughs) be honest I mean, though, i was so happy when he pulled that he pistol <laughs> he, yeah. he, he, needed he, he needed to do it mm-hmm. oh my gosh yeah that was oh, such a good scene we also got to point out this plan was pretty well thought out unlike a lot of the plans that our dear uh, ghost crew does in rebels uh we love them but you know having a jedi or two on your sides can tip the odds in your favor you can just kind of stroll in and figure things out mm-hmm. uh, well done to the team because for the most part, went pretty well. Everything, yeah. as soon as they closed those doors, went to plan. Mm-hmm. Except for the unfortunate Kimsey, just look at the eye and enjoy yourself, bud. Yeah, stop Don't being good at your job. job. <laughs> One night to not do your job. But of course, you had to do your job. All right. Well, moving on, we're going to get into going character by character and a couple other just general discussion points for this episode. I'm going to start us off here with our man Cassian. This episode finally focuses heavily on the titular character. Finally. (laughs) Yeah. And he wasn't even going by his own name. So Clem's reactions to everyone around him in this episode were the focus of us, the audience. When a team member fell, we wanted to see what his reaction was. When Skeen shows his true colors, we can see the genuine shock on Cassian's face after kind of learning this. And after he shoots Skeen, like, did I really just do that? What the hell? It was almost like he didn't believe he, in fact, pulled the trigger. Cassian is tended to be a thinker. He weighs the different part, pieces of the situation. He likes to look at all of his options. But here it showed him that he can run on instinct. And when he's backed into a corner, that is exactly what he'll do. We saw that in the first episode when he just murdered two those two officers. <laughs> um, and here... Apparently, Cassian's instinct is to kill. Uh, He likes the plan, but he's very able to adapt. Uh, He also showed his chameleon nature. Skeen didn't think for one second that Cassian would turn him down. The idea that Cassian was being paid to be here told Skeen that Cassian could be bought. And that's just not the case. He hit his motives really well enough that no one except Nemec seemed to really understand him to really kind of break through that and this is what makes him such a great spy ultimately and such a great fulcrum really great showing from cassian and diego luna Mm -hmm. in this episode just like so many different facets to his character and he hardly has to speak like i love it i I will say though 
yes, I think he does run on instinct when he shoots Skeen. But at, at the same time, I think there was a little bit of him that was just like it was disgust for him. Oh yeah. Being like, like, you know what? There was loyalty in him to these people that he just went through a traumatic thing with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, yep. I yeah, it, I think it was instinct, but it was also that like like, no, I'm not gonna betray the people that I just went through all of this with. Right. Yeah. Right. Like he has he may he may be getting paid, but he has his own set of morals. Yep. So speaking of <laughs> the dude who gets shot, skiing this fucking guy. Uh I really oh, like I really believed him last mm-hmm. episode. Same. When he gave that speech about his brother, I was all in. I was like, okay. This guy, you know, he might have had a rough and tumble past, but he's here to take the Empire on. Like, I I trust him. And then he shows his real, like, true colors to Cassian, mm-hmm. and it gets him killed, which I'm not mad at. Um, he's just not as good at reading the situation as Cassian is. Like, come on, man. Like, you've already shown you're not providing cover. You're, like... If you're open to telling someone like, "Hey, let's uh, let's kill them, take the loot, let's go," come on. Why should he trust you? Like mm-hmm. Cassian knows this game better, and Skeen, you know, he fails for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's definitely easy to hate once you find out his true colors. Because like, were you mm-hmm. pretending to care about Nemec? Because they had that nice relationship, mm-hmm. and like, no, you just said no. Let's go to the hospital because it's an easier place for him to steal the loot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, did he not cover Terraman? Which I think he totally didn't cover Terraman. Uh, so that was one less person. Like, yep. that's a stormtrooper that he doesn't have to worry about fighting now. Mm-hmm. It's yep. uh, it's it's just so gross. Like, I was heated yeah. when I heard him say, "I don't have a brother," because I was like, "This is such a like disgusting <sighs> betrayal mm-hmm. of everyone there." That's why I was wondering oh. if he shot first because that's when Gorn dies. Like, there's another person taken out of yeah. his way. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's just... It's it's a betrayal of everyone there, but especially Nemec. Yeah. Like, our best boy there. Best boy! Like, this idealistic little guy. He's a human, not a dog. I, he's I still know. best boy. You can be best boy if you're a human. He, You know what? <laughs> he's dead. And I need to mourn him in my own way. And I'm going to make him sound like a dog, apparently. But, I mean, this guy, he really came through with that device of his. Because, like you guys said, the ties, you know, they've got the latest Imperial tech. They couldn't get through. Nope. He made sure. He's like, no, I, I can chart our way through. And even hopped up on a med spike, he got them through it. Yeah. Like, he saved the day. Mm-hmm. That man is a hero. Uh, he knew that he was paralyzed. He knew that he was probably going to die and he still got them through it. Mm-hmm. And he did, was not taking shit from Cassian. He's like, what? You want me to climb? I don't have the speed. And just climb. He's like, Shabby just do down. it. <laughs> it was, oh, it was amazing. I, I was so proud of him. And then, um, and then he makes sure that Cassian gets the manifesto. And that's, that's probably the reason like it, it's most likely the reason why Cassian's going to really devote himself to the cause without him ever meeting Nimic, who knows if Cassian would have ever, ever ended up on a path to go to Scarif. Right. Like oh. true. God, Sometimes uh, you just need an idealistic young 20 something young man with floppy hair to be like idealism. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> like, look, I can shoot. And I have ideas, yes. which we just have to give a quick credit to Nemec. When Cassian's getting choked out by that Imperial oh, yeah. and he rolls that himself shot. over, that shot that was that a great Nemec shot. Made, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> like, so many well times done. Cassian would have been dead if not for Nemec. Like Rogue One doesn't happen without Nemec. Yeah. Now I God that that whole escape chase scene is it's just so incredible. Mm-hmm. I I don't know if I was like reading, putting this like in my head onto Vel, but I could swear you can like see it in her face 
when she gives him the stem, she knows she knows it in her bones that giving him this will get us out of here, but it will ultimately like kill him. <laughs> yeah. I think she knows too. Because it yeah. puts his heart into overdrive, basically. It's into overdrive. It's his body his body needs to shut down to heal, but instead it's mm-hmm. gonna keep pushing. Yeah. It's one of those like terrible decisions that the rebels have to make because if they didn't do it, everyone dies. Yep. yep. So yeah. <laughs> How dare they? How dare they do this to us? Rude. Like Gilroy Brothers. Good God, man. So, on the other side of the conflict, we have the Imperials. Now, yeah. <laughs> we've said this. Most of the Imperials this episode are either just trying to do their jobs or just trying to have the one possible good time you can have on this planet, like every three years. Yeah. <laughs> they just want to watch the pretty light show in the sky and not work, which, fair. That's all of Very us. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Those in power, including Behaz and Colonel Pedagar, disdain the locals. One of them wanting to get off the planet as soon as possible, and the other just ready to absolutely tear the place apart. Mm-hmm. They are not prepared for anybody to fight back against them. Pedagar is quick to try and resist. Um, he was inevitably killed by just misjudging the rebels. Yeah. By thinking that that uniform actually protects him in any way, shape, or form in the real world. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I mean, we've talked a little bit already about Corporal Kinsey. You know, we don't yeah. necessarily like him, but at least he responded to the comms going down immediately and sprang into action when he noticed something was fishy. So good for him on <laughs> acting on his own instincts. Just get him killed, but I mean, he's at least doing his job. He's at least doing his job. I'm telling you guys, S.H.I.E.L.D. produces good agents. <laughs> uh, the biggest thing we can really glean from the Imperials this episode, though, is ultimately their complacency. Behaz has gained a significant amount of weight. Like, it's not even like, oh, I just, the belt, like, just a little bit too tight now. That thing had, like, three or four inches to go. <laughs> before it, was, it wasn't stored properly. It compressed. His wife, <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Are, oh, are God, you his sure relationship with his wife and his kid is just yeah. heartbreaking to think about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. His yeah. poor wife and his poor kid. Like he's just probably so, not having a great time. He's just so sure of his position that he can't comprehend the idea of anybody fighting back against them, whether they're Donnie or somebody else. Mm-hmm. He insults the Donnie people at every turn, never bothered to actually learn their language like Gorn did. I mean, the Donny Chieftain seems to know some basic. He knows when Gorn is not translating in the right, the right way. Yep. Oh, yeah. He noticed immediately. He's like, what? <laughs> and Behaz is just like, sweet. All right. Yeah, <laughs> this went like, well, totally. Yeah. Well, the Chieftain's like, I'm going to pluck out your eyeballs and use them like in a game that we're going to play later. <laughs> like, oh, shit. Gorn's like, I'm not going to tell him that. <laughs> Speaking of the native Donnie people. I did love seeing them. Um, slightly torn though on their depiction, there was mention of them falling prey to imperial food and liquor, which is a common stereotype for indigenous peoples, like being given alcohol by white settlers, which like makes them addicted and lazy. And hearing that, I was kind of like, mm, did we really, did we really have to go there? Yeah, not Just, a great uh, way to describe them. No, I, I wasn't a fan of that. Same with like the trading of the pelts was a little too on the nose, bringing to mind how natives lost land to European settlers in the past. It made me think of the Futurama episode where the native Martians lose <laughs> Mars because they get a giant bead, which is actually a very large like diamond gem, gemstone diamond, but still the idea of them losing it because they were given a bead. I was like, oh my gosh, do we really need to do this way? Like, mm. The one thing I did like to see, though, was that this group, the Donny, were inclusive and very diverse. Like there were men and women of different skin colors, all united in one group, supporting each other on the way to see the eye. They were also treated with respect, showing that they didn't trust the Imperials one bit. Like these people do not trust the Imperials, no matter how much they think they're getting away with. The Donny people still realize that they're invaders and that they don't belong here. And I love all the side eye. 
The Donnie gives a side <laughs> eye to every single Imperial, and it is amazing. I'm here for it, especially here for all of the redheaded people. <laughs> it's like, yes, <laughs> this, is, this is definitely also, Scotland. <laughs> I really like that they showed them having like that ceremony before the eye started. Yeah, it's cool. like you could tell like it was, you know, obviously part of their their traditions, their culture. But it's cool how you could tell without even subtitles that it was like their own way of protesting against the Empire. Yes, Like it was I, I thought that was a really like they depicted them very well in that situation. Mm-hmm. Other Showing parts of the episode. Were, yeah. That they still yeah. held their traditions sacred. I like yeah. that. Yeah. That they were spitting in the eye of the Imperials who were using that site for like target practice earlier. Yeah. Like mm. So question for you guys, mm-hmm. kind of like we talked a little bit earlier um, with Cinta and how it's a little bit ambiguous as to whether or not she killed the hostages. One other thing I think I could swear I noticed on my watch at, towards the end is a little bit of a knowing smile on that chieftain's face. Was he in on it? I don't think so. I think he saw like the ship taken off though and getting chased by TIE fighters and was like, yeah, something just happened. Because <laughs> <laughs> he knows what the TIE fighters are and why they would be chasing something. I maybe think maybe just... he might have known a little bit of something going on. Just because up with you Gorn. Can... <laughs> yeah, you can tell there's history between him and Gorn because Gorn fell in love with a Donnie woman. So he most likely knows this guy through her. Um, and it because like his uh his line to him like uh, i hope you find like something in you um that was it was like okay there's some history here i think he might have clocked you know gorn and and the rebel squad i think he might have clocked them you know looking back and forth at each other he might have known something was up but i don't think he was in on it yeah he picked up on it better i bet he's smarter than uh than the Imperials believe. Oh, way smarter. Yeah. Way, way smarter. Bihaz thinks that he's just like pulling one over on these people. And the chieftain obviously knows this game. Like he knows he's probably on the losing side, but he still hasn't given up, which I very much appreciate. The the hide and the fire right away. Cause like he knows it's all BS from the empire, but Mm -hmm. he's sticking to his traditions and his, uh, his way of life. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Fuck the Empire. <laughs> Fuck them right in the ear. All right. <laughs> oh, man. Sorry. I just had uh, to love a South Park reference. <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> okay. Next, we're going to move on to our questions and predict- prediction section. This is where we go through any questions that we have coming out of the episode and what we think will happen, what we want to happen next. So long as Cinta and Val meet up and live happily ever after, I'm good. <laughs> like, for <laughs> real, just let the lesbian couple go off and do whatever the hell they want. I don't think that's going to happen. They're probably going to both die horribly, but at least for now, I can pretend that they're going to meet up and Val's going to be like, yeah, everyone is dead except us. <laughs> like, she'll probably won't even tell that Cassian is still <laughs> My friends we- are dead. Push me to the edge. Mm-hmm, exactly. We're still alive, though, so let's just go to, like, Space Ibiza and have some fun for a while. Okay, uh, for the next arc, I want to see more of the ISB. They're getting together. They're having mm-hmm. a little, like, meeting session that probably could have been an email, but they're going to, you know, hash some things out. They've got a mission now that they can focus on, which is cool. I think this is where Cyril is going to join them, which will be fun. I really want to know if this is where Luthen or... Mon Mothma might start getting a little bit more attention. I think more likely that Luthen will somehow, just because showing them at the end of the episode kind of with the ISB, it was like ISB, Mon Mothma, Luthen. I'm like, "Mm, are they linking these people together for a reason? It just makes me think that the ISB might start to catch on to a wider conspiracy against the empire, not just these like rebel cells who are maybe loosely connected, but something like concrete, Mm -hmm. which is I think what Luthen wants to get started with more like people like Saw Gerrera, whereas Mon wants it to be more civilized, a civilized rebellion <laughs> against the Empire. I'm excited to see where it goes, basically. I want to see some space cops get their asses kicked. <laughs> How about you, Anders? 
Yeah, I mean, my main prediction here is that Cassian's going to somehow try and get back to Ferex, or at least check in back there. I think he's going to want to know what happened to his friends, what happened to his mom, and presumably resume that, that search for his sister. That is one thing I noticed. Like, we didn't get any more context on those flashbacks Mm-mm. throughout yeah. these last three episodes. So I would think that they're going to have to bring that back in in some way. Now with the ISB being more present, going back there could really be what kind of puts him back on Luthen's radar. If Luthen's kind of monitoring that situation, which would bring them back together. Um, he did kind of refer to Cassian as a loose end at one point so he's gonna have to try and either bring him further into the fold or try and get rid of him at some point and then as far as what i want to come next i'm looking forward to another three episode arc with a new set of characters potentially for us to get to know um maybe just to be a little bit different from these past three because i honestly don't think my heart can take this much tension again over the next three weeks (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but uh Um, daniel what about you I think we're going to, I think the tension's going to be mounting. Uh, with the ISB coming in, I think maybe this is a, is it Deidre or Deidre? How do you say her first name? I think it's I Dedra. 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 Yeah. So I think, I think Dedra is going to come back in. And I think this is how she's going to finally be able to look into the stuff that she was looking into earlier. And I think she's going to get uh, to Ferrix. And I think maybe like interrogate Bix or something like that's I'm I'm feeling like she's going to start picking apart that web like she's going to maybe find that she's going to find Cyril um I'm just excited to see where her mission goes because I love the ISB scheming um I'm thinking now that Luthen has all this money he was trying to get funding from Mon Mothma but he was having trouble getting it from her and now he has all these credits Maybe we see him turn to uh, Saw Gerrera in the next arc. Mm. You know, as it's like, hey, I've got this money now. You wanna, you wanna start getting, getting in on the action. So maybe we see Saw in this arc or the next one. Who knows? But I know he's coming soon, and I can't wait for Saw. <laughs> but, um, other than that, wild. like I'm just like you said, I'm ready for a new story arc because I, I love these story arcs because they wrap up. You have no idea where it's going forward, but they've set a stage where it can go in several directions and wherever they want to go, they've got me excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The not knowing is really fun. Like we know yeah. Cassian is not going to die, but everyone else, we don't know. Mon what he's up yes, to in that time right. is open game. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. Seeing oh, new sorry. worlds. Seeking out new life, new civilization. <laughs> Oops, wrong, wrong show. Wrong <laughs> show. Do recommend though. Check out Lower Decks. It's firing on all cylinders right now. <laughs> all right. Well, guys, I think that's where we're going to leave it for today. So thank you for joining us on today's episode. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at YASWPod. Follow us wherever you're getting your podcasts. Hit that follow button and give us a five-star review. Check out all of our previous episodes on the main Star Wars films, the other Disney Plus shows. Uh, Check out all the offerings in the Forgotten Entertainment family at ForgottenEntertainment.com. You can also find Colleen and I on the Bohemian Geek Studies podcast and Colleen's Star Wars book reviews on BohemianGeekStudies.com. And join us next time when we will take a look at the next episode of Andor. Until then, make sure your belt fits and always (laughs) strap down the loot. (laughs) Yes. Everybody. Goodbye, everyone.